Hello and welcome back to a very, very special state championship edition of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Ryan Schroeder joins me from Stillwater, Oklahoma, where the number five ranked Oklahoma State Pokes reside. Walker Lott joins me from College Station, where we are still ranked somehow. But I mean, guys, it's been a very, very interesting past week in Texas private school football, to put it lightly. Uh, There was a lot that I was wrong about specifically. We all got a few things wrong. Uh, Ryan had some very inflammatory language regarding the second Baptist Fort Bend game that we got absolutely destroyed on Twitter. And I will I will put that mostly on you. (laughs) But I mean, Ryan, I'm already talking to you. You just go you go first. I mean, this past week like we seem to always say at this point of the year was ridiculous. What did you think of all the actions specifically? I'd like to hear your thoughts on the comments. I think you said specifically that regents would have been a better matchup for Fort Bend. You care to comment on that? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's the first part of that. Now we had a lot of good games, semifinal matchups, a lot of, a lot of games are very excited to, to go watch um, that y'all got to go cover and that I got to watch online. Like it was, it was definitely a very hype weekend of high school football. I actually had to like bedlam was going on. And then there was also like, like private school football. So I was going back and forth, like during halftime, like trying to like cover bedlam, but then also kind of check the scores so a lot was going on saturday not normally normally i'm used to friday nights but those specific comments i i, I would regret that uh, i regret that i said those um you know I, sometimes it's good to be confident uh and sometimes houston second baptist just pops up out of nowhere so you know we're just going to be a little bit more careful next time I mean, you gotta you gotta understand a lot of this is for entertainment value as well. So we gotta we gotta put on a little bit of a show. But I mean, shout out Second Baptist. They had a heck of a performance. We will get into in a second. Walker, finally, we'll turn to you. I mean, the past week very tumultuous, a lot going on. Your thoughts on that, and also moving into a lot of good state matchups. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, state's finally here. We've had a great season. A uh, lot of upsets. A lot of big time games. A lot of crazy games, but hey, this is the end of the season. Last last week of high school football here for private school, and I'm so excited for it. Without a doubt, there is a ton we have to cover. But first, as always, we will start by recapping our last week's pick records, something I really wish that we didn't have to do. I came in dead last going one and four. Walker went two and three. Ryan went three and two in terms of the overall leaderboards. Ryan is on top, and it looks like he will remain that way and win it with 138 wins, 46 losses. Me and Walker are tied for second with 131 wins and 53 losses. So, you know, and as always, I'll say, give, give me one sentence on your thoughts on the pick records. My sentence is, thank you, Parrish. That's where my one win came from. Ryan, uh, one sentence on you essentially winning the pick record with this last week's performance. Sorry, Second Baptist, but go Midland Christian. Oh, that is, that's another thing I got to apologize for. I'm just making a list at this point. Walker. Your one sentence on the pick records. Shout out to TCS Lubbock. I just got everything wrong. At least y'all had a few redeeming <laughs> points. But, I mean, that was the pick records. And now we transition into one of my favorite parts of the podcast, announcing our players of the week. And in terms of the Texas Private School Podcast offense, Offensive Player of the Week a returning player of the week we've seen before, senior running back from Parish Episcopal, Andrew Paul. I mean, 
listen, we always try to mix it up and like find new guys we can put in this position to get as many people spotlight as possible. Andrew Paul had 32 carries for 440 yards and six touchdowns. There was, we tried to find ways to put someone else in this spot just to spread the love around. We couldn't. This is one of the more dominant stat lines we have seen in the entire year. 440 yards rushing. I thought it was insane when I saw him go for like 392 when I watched him in person. He just blew that performance straight out of the water. I mean, they killed Lynch. With this performance, they move into the state title game. Just a monster effort by the senior parish running back. I mean, Walker, we've known for a few weeks how good Andrew Paul is. And college recruiters are starting to realize that as well by his just influx of offers. Your thoughts on this specific performance by Andrew Paul? Yeah, I mean, colleges are finally getting to know this guy and seeing how good he really is. And, you know, even the hometown school, SMU, just offered him today, so shout out to him. Um, finally, I feel like that should have been an offer long ago, but I guess the new head coach over there, SMU, was like, that's the guy we have to offer. Um, but, yeah, great great game by him, especially when, and we know, it was raining never everywhere in the state of Texas last week. And when you, when you, when it's raining, you need to run the ball and you have a guy like that to run the ball, you see how effective he is. So yeah, shout out to him after a great performance against Bishop Lynch. Ryan, I'll just very quickly ask you the same question. Andrew Paul is a monster of a man. Your thoughts on this performance? Yeah. Look for more offers coming for him. I mean, he's going to get more offers down the line and, you know, don't be surprised if, if some big schools come knocking at his door soon. That's what I got to say. No, and they already have. There's already been Big Ten, SEC, all types of Power Five offers come in. It's really cool to see. I mean, the kid is blowing up, and he's very well-deserved. But that was Andrew Paul, the Texas Private School Podcast Offensive Player of the Week. Transitioning to the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week, we see senior Lubbock Trinity defensive back Isaiah Beaver. You know, we've said for a long time, there's a certain metric you have to reach to be the defensive player of the week for us. And it's that magical number three, three interceptions. I can say kind of biased as a former defensive back. I see three interceptions and my eyes light up. I can't help it. Tackles are one thing and they're an incredibly good stat. I'm just blinded by three interceptions. Isaiah Beaver had three picks and two pass breakups, and also this is what really set it over the top for us in a big, big win against Lubbock Christian. This was Lubbock Trinity's first win against Lubbock Christian, and it's kind of the, you know, the qualifying factor that pushed him over the edge to get him this award for us. I mean, Ryan, I know we've always said that we question why you keep throwing to a guy after he already has two interceptions or three interceptions. Just what did you think about Beaver's incredible performance and the decision by Lubbock Christian to keep throwing at him? Yeah, I think at a point you got to start realizing like, hey, don't throw in that guy's area. Like coaches need to start telling guys, you know, don't throw in that area. You're exactly right because like it almost seems like we've had how many of these guys now, four or five, three interception guys that have popped up on here. Not to say that there haven't been other guys who have also got three interceptions that same week, you know, like it's kind of funny to see how, like, how like that's a crazy stat line, but it's been so prominent this year. And, you know, Isaiah Beaver, what a heck of a win with your uh, Trinity Christian Lubbock. Um, you know, that having that kind of an upset win after losing the first time you played, um, you know, during the season, 
that's kind of the reason why he deserves it because without his interceptions, there's no way they win this game. No, I mean, just a crazy performance by him. Walker, your thought on the senior defensive backs, just incredible performance. Yeah, he made plays when they needed him to, and that's how you win games, especially against a bigger uh, opponent that they haven't really won lot uh, be in the past couple of years. So, um, yeah, shout out to this kid, man. He gave everything he got to this game, and it came out uh, with a great performance statistically and helped his team win and make the state championship. So, Without a doubt, an incredible performance by the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week, Isaiah Beaver. And with that out of the way, we now move into what we always do, talking about our last week's matchups. The first of which will be the Division II semifinal that I went to cover, Fort Bend Christian versus Second Baptist. Seeing Ryan shake his head makes me laugh just because of how wrong we all were. I, I just, I knew, I knew we shouldn't have all picked Fort Bend. I should have switched it, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, also, I do really quickly, just, just kind of to save myself a little bit, I want to show a text that I sent Walker, like literally five seconds before the game started. Where is it? Um, oh, here it is. This was at 7.30 p.m. right before kick. It says, gut feeling here is that second Baptist wins. We'll see how that turns out. I had, I know I picked Fort Bend. I had a feeling before. So y'all, if y'all coming at me on Twitter, just remember that. But in terms of the game itself, Second Baptist won 14 to 13. And they came in with the perfect game plan, in my opinion. They played keep away from Fort Bend Christian. They used clock control to perfection. Probably the best way I can sum this up is a quote from Coach Pertle himself. He says, quote, we came up with a scheme for Regents, and anytime you play a tempo team, you want to take the ball away out of their hands and keep it away from them. We had some success with Regents last week, but I have to give Fort Bend Christian credit. They did a very nice job of scheming the stop us Saturday. So our job was just to limit them having the ball as much as we could and take clock out of the game. It was a heavy dose of Eli Smith on offense, or that was the last part was my words, but it was, it was a heavy dose of Eli Smith on offense for second Baptist. I mean, he's just a workhorse running back in himself. He's a very talented player. He's just a good kid, even talking to him after the game. I mean, you give him the ball enough times, it's going to wear down a team. The Villanova commits a big, just imposing back. And in terms of defense, Carson Chambers, the defensive back, actually had a game-sealing interception with four minutes and eight seconds remaining. And Colin Hedges had a fumble recovery to put the nail in the coffin with about a minute remaining. So just the second Baptist defense and scheme really, really came to play. So Ryan, I do have to go to you first since you're the person that has kind of become the scapegoat for this whole thing. Your thoughts on second Baptist edging Fort Bend for a shot at the state championship. Now I, I want this to be very, known very well. I, I don't, if you see that Houston second Baptist did this clock thing against regents last week as Fort Bend Christian, you know, you got to see that coming a little bit. You got to see that they're doing this clock thing, which means like, you know, you kind of switch up how you're doing. I, 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 I think they should have been like ready for that again. They should have been ready that they were going to try to run the ball. They're going to run down every single play clock. Like, you know, making sure that your players know that like, the, hey, when you're on the field, like that's all you got kind of thing. Like, you know, we're, we don't have a lot of time. They're going to they're gonna stay in bounds. They're not, they're not going to try to run out of bounds. Like, like stuff like that, which may seem small, is easily what won them against Regents and easily what won them against uh, Fort Bend Christian. So big, 
big coaching strategy that has won them now two insanely big games. If I'm Dallas Christian, I am looking deeply into how to like, you know, react to that. I was incorrect. The coaching on Houston second Baptist is quite incredible as well as Eli Smith. I, I, there's no other way around it. I'm telling you right now that, you know, like regions and FBCA wouldn't have been close. Regions would have, you know, probably blown them out the water, but a Houston second Baptist wins this game because of the fact that like, you know, they're using this whole different coaching strategy. It's crazy. This is a crazy, people don't think this is how crazy it is, but it is crazy to use this type of coaching strategy. It, it's, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not been seen and it had an insane effect on this game. Yeah, without a doubt. I can't credit Coach Pertle and that staff enough for how well they've schemed this season. But Walker, I mean, Sagan Baptist uh, beats Fort Bend here. Your thoughts on the Eagles' performance? Yeah, you got to give them credit, man. That's that's It's hard to stop that offense, and they did it extremely well. Um, so you, you have to give them credit there. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they match up with D.C. because they're kind of two similar teams in a way. But uh, it's very intriguing for that matchup down the road. But also you have to shout out for Ben for, you know, having a great season, uh, just one game short of the state championship and kind of overcoming a lot of odds, you know, losing a lot of seniors who went D1 last year. Uh, Dever stepped up to the play and a lot of those guys who've been there for a couple of years uh, have made a lot of impact roles this year. And then you had add the guys that came in who just, you know, kept it one more up, making it, them a sensational team. Uh, so shout out to Fort Bend, but hey, you got to give credit for Second Baptist for overcoming that last loss for the district championship, and then overcoming that and wanting to get that revenge, but having to be, you know, have the game plan and play and do it perfect. So, yeah, that that was a big storyline. Them coming back and beating Fort Bend after they took the district title away from them, a district title they had won, I think, nine straight times. But congratulations to Second Baptist for advancing the state championship. Congratulations to Fort Bend on a great season so far. Now we transition into the second matchup we're going to recap, which is Parrish versus Bishop Lynch. Parrish did what we all expected and thumped Lynch 55-13. to And really, the summary of this game boils down to two words. Andrew Paul. As we've already mentioned, the man is the best running back in taps. He went for 440 yards and six touchdowns as Parrish absolutely dominated Lynch here. The Panthers also had three interceptions on the game, which kept Lynch from doing anything by way of Daniel Demery, Kamzi Arinze, and Keegan Addison. So, I mean, Parrish keeps rolling. There's not a huge storyline to cover from this game. We all thought this would happen. Everyone in TAPS thought that Parrish would do this to them. Walker, I mean, this seems to be expected from Parrish year in and year out to find their way in a state title game. What do you think of just them discombobulating Lynch here? Yeah, I mean, they're so dominant on all aspects of the game. If you want to pass the ball, Sawyer Anderson can do that. If you want to run the ball like they've been doing this past couple, you know, all season, basically, uh, they can. Like, I was looking into the stats, right? Andrew Paul has over 2,000 yards rushing on the season with 38 touchdowns. I mean, that's a dominant performance, and that just shows how good that offensive line is that we mentioned, like, every single week and how good that running game is. Um, and then it helps Sawyer Anderson. It helps that team. And then on the other side of the ball, that defensive front and just that whole defense – you know, we don't even talk about that much of one of the best players in 23, Daniel Demery, on that defensive uh, – the, the, 
the defensive backs. I mean, that's a guy coveted by a lot of programs in the round of state, and we don't even mention him that much. And that's just like one of the talented dudes they have on the team. So it's just it's hard for any team to beat them, and you can see why how everyone's just had so much trouble with them for the past couple of years, and you, it's just insane. But you have to give uh, Bishop Lynch credit. No one thought they were going to be in the semifinals, being real, uh, and they got all the way there. You know, Isaiah Schmecki, Isaiah Schmecki put himself on the map and put the team on his back, having over almost 2,000 yards rushing and 21 touchdowns on the year, but 230 carries. That's a lot of carries for that young man, but you have to give him credit. Um, their young team, Coach Motes over there is a great, great coach, and he's leading them in the right direction, I believe. So you'll see them back to being the Bishop Lynch that they were in the past uh, a couple years ago when they had the talent there. But, hey, you got to give them credit for overcoming a lot of odds to get there. So shout out to them. Without a doubt, big congratulations to Lynch to getting that far, which nobody expected. Ryan, I mean, in terms of this game, Parrish and Lynch, your thoughts on what Parrish did to Lynch here and Parrish moving on into the state championship? Yeah, no, Par- Parrish has proven uh, time in and time out that they're one of the best teams in TAPS, and I don't think that's going away. I, I don't think that's actually even going to go away for a while. So, um, you know, a very predictable win here against Bishop Lynch. Bishop Lynch had a great run, definitely beat the Southern teams, which is, you know, what what may have been, what may have not been expected kind of thing. So Bishop Lynch made a good run, a lot of good wins this year, but you run into a brick wall like Parrish, and that's going to happen. No, I mean – Parrish, I mean, Lynch is a very good team in their own right. Parrish is a different beast. And we will cover their matchup with a team that we're actually going to recap now in the game that was Central Catholic versus Midland Christian this past week, where Midland absolutely shocks everyone. Not so much just with the win, but the absolutely dominant performance. They win this one 41-14. Holy fill in the blank. I mean, this was very, this was a huge, huge win. I remember I was at Second Baptist when this broke. I just look at my phone and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just was like, oh, we're going to get absolutely wrecked on Twitter because of this, because I, I, I've picked against Midland so much now. And just the, the absolute dominance in this game is crazy. Ryan, I don't know how you saw it, but I, I tipped my hat. That was, that was a, that was a crazy prediction. And they just absolutely dominate here. Like I said, River Rodriguez is the key to this Midland team, specifically his legs. He torched Central on the ground, rushing for 203 on 30 carries and four touchdowns to go along with it. Cole Gunner also had a touchdown on the ground as well as 80 yards rushing. And Jack King also had a return touchdown, a lot of return yards. Brody Dixon, Tanner Carlisle, and Zayden King all led the Mustangs in tackles with nine. So, Ryan, I'll go to you first again, just since since you you seem to get this one right. I mean, what do you think about Midland just absolutely dismantling Central in this game? Yeah, I I, I know obviously that you know Midland and and uh, and Central. I I thought it was gonna be a lot closer of a game. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I I didn't pick Central, but I I did think that Midland was just gonna be a little bit closer. Um, when it comes down to it, though. River Rodriguez is a heck of a good quarterback. There's no denying that um, he does everything. He, he, he does it in the air. He does it on the ground. He puts up basically 200 yards in the air every game, and he puts about 100 on the ground every single game. You can literally check the stats. That's what he does every game. 
And honestly, you know, I had faith in Midland after seeing how good that Nolan Catholic team was. And then seeing them beat Nolan Catholic kind of put me in my head like, hey, Nolan Catholic was really good when I saw them. If Midland can beat Nolan Catholic like that, then you know, best believe they're going to be a strong team and not saying that I, I didn't have faith in the South because Central Catholic was one of the best teams in the South. It just, it wasn't good enough in my head to see that Midland was going to win. However, like I said, didn't pick a 41 14 to be the final score. I blame Walker for, for getting me. I was already going to pick Central, but Walker called me after the, um after the Central game the week before. And he was like, he was like central he's like i was like okay i'm locking it in if, I, if i'm betting i'm cashing it in now but i mean w- with all due respect our central central is a good team no. this just tells you how good midland is and just kind of I, I tip my hat to midland i picked against them a lot of weeks in a row i probably should have stopped doing that a long time ago they're a very good team but walker i mean your thoughts on on just this dominant performance by rodriguez and the mustangs yeah i was i was wrong uh, i i after watching them against All Saints, who in season beat Midland, right? So, you know, I had backing on it, and they were pretty much dominant against All Saints the entire game. You know, I was like, all right, why not? And, you know, give them credit for proving me wrong. Midland's been proving us, all of us wrong the entire season after a uh, couple of games of, like, losing to All Saints and stuff like that, where we kind of doubted them a little bit. They've been like, hey, watch us just get back on track and they have. So shout out to them for being as good of a team. You know, when I went and, you know, did the interview with them, I was very impressed with all the guys there. And I was really impressed with River Rodriguez. Um, And, you know, he's, all of them have been doubted because they're so, they're not usual in a DFW. They're not in Houston, not even Austin or San Antonio. They're out in West Texas. You don't really hear a lot about them, but they've been, they've been doubted. And they've overcome all of it. And that's going to be their mindset going to the next game. So shout out to that team. They're a good team. They have a lot of good players. We'll see how they do against uh, Parrish in this one again. But I, I want to say I, I, I'm so proud of that Central Catholic team for how good they've done and overcome a lot of things. You know, when they beat All Saints in that last round, that was the first time a South school has ever beaten a North school in what? They beat the year before that it was zero and six of South versus North. So mm-hmm. they've overcome a lot of things of like, oh yeah, no one can do it in the South, and they've done it. And they're a good team. Ben Rios, DeAndre Marshall, uh, you know, uh, Silas Gomez have all been great players for that school, and they're all going to go to college. And I really do still think Silas Gomez is one of the most underrated guys in the state, regardless of uh, private or public. And I think he's a good player, and, he, and Army's getting a steal. UTSA are getting a steal on both of those dudes. There's a lot of young guys uh, that are – Jackson Decent, I think, is a great player. There's a lot of guys on that team that could go play college ball, and they're a great team. I'm excited for the future to see, you know, what's what happens with that program. But uh, shout-out to those guys. They're a good school, great program, and wish all of them the best. But, hey, Madeline won it, so shout-out to them. Without a doubt. I mean, two incredibly talented teams. Midland just – proving they are a step above. Walker, you just talked a bunch, but I'm also going to let you break down D.C. versus Southwest as much as it might pain you to do so. But you were there, so why don't you give us a recap of what you saw and what you think of D.C. moving on into the D1 State Championship? Yeah, um, it's 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 intriguing. Um, D.C. is a good team. I want to say that firstly. They, they deserve to win that game. 
but it would I think SES, especially for D2, gave him a close challenge that I don't think maybe they expected because the thing about DC is they're a physical team. They they they're just a like they're a gritty team. They're they they love what they do and they you you know you could tell how good that defense really is. I want to give a shout out to Jackson Berry having like 21 tackles on the game. Um both teams had to run the ball to start out the game because it was pouring down rain, so they really couldn't pass the ball. So even though, yes, I think Jaleel Brown has over like 1,600 yards rushing, so they run the ball enough, but that's something maybe they're not used to kind of having a balanced offense. They had to stick to the ground game, and they they were all over SES in the first half. That first half, like, SES struggled to contain that run, and that's why you saw uh, 14-0 in the first half. But um, I want to shout out my guys at – SES for coming back and making it a 14-17 game at one point, I believe, um, in the second half. And I, I talked to Coach Wheeler after the game, and he said, no one runs that wing team better than SES and probably the state. And it's honestly so true. That team is so technically sound. They run the ball well, and they, that wing T is so well. But the thing about it is, I, I think if you run that game back, maybe it's me being a little biased. I think SES honestly a shot to win that game again. But the thing about SES is when you you live by the run, you also die by the run. And their drives in that second half, I mean, they, they probably – those drives lasted five, six minutes of just running the ball, slowly gaining five, three, four yards of carry and just slowly going down the field and scoring. So by the time they scored and at time – you know, had a close game where it was a three-point game, I mean, it was – there was a little little time left in the fourth quarter. And right when they had a shot to make it a, you know, it was three point game. And I think it was like eight, eight minutes left in the fourth. Uh, DC sealed it with a Jill, Jaheel Brown, Jaleel Brown, uh, 75 yard touchdown. So uh, credit to them to, you know, just having any shot for SES to come back and win that uh, they, they just stopped because SES, they just took too long to score. And that just hindered them in the second half when both teams were running the ball so much that clock just kept ticking. And they had no time left. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I will go on a little like just emotional thing of just seeing how proud I am of those guys, uh, those seniors on that SES team, seeing them grow up. Those were my freshmen and I, I love all those guys. Um, they're good people, great players, and they have a lot of potential for the future for some of them want to go play college ball. Tyson, I, I, I'm very proud of him. You know, he did everything he could to help that team win and over overcome DC because remember this in a year, Last year was like 46 nothing. DC beat SES in the semis. It was a 10 point game at the end of it. And it was a three point game at the even in the fourth. So the program turnaround in even a year at SES is just crazy. So you want to give them credit there. Proud of all those dudes. Antoine Polk and Tanner Zeman, those two guys are a future. They even, I know that Midland, like, like you know, uh, Liberty and uh, all Saints are coming into that same district. I those teams should be scared of those two guys. Those guys are going to be a future. Uh, I think all district players, even in that district next year. I honestly think Antoine Polk has a potential. He's not there yet, but he has potential to be a D one running back. He really does. Uh, he has to get back in the weight room, get back into it, and I think he is. But that man was bigger than probably anyone on that defense for. Uh, DC and was running people over. So he has potential. Uh, but yeah, I think that's really it. DC is a good team there. 
if you can hit them in the mouth back, because they'll hit you in the mouth, but if you hit them in the back, hit them in the mouth back, you, you have a shot. And that's what SBS has to do this week. But uh, don't get it twisted. The DC got dogs and they got older guys. They got young guys that can ball. It's a very intriguing team to see how they do coming back in the state. Because remember last year, DC made the state last year and lost in a very, very tragic way that I know was in the minds of all of those players who were there last year. So they're coming for revenge to get back in what, what is truly theirs. And not just this year, last year, think about all the years with Cedar Hill, Trinity Christian. How many of those guys had to deal with that? That's what DC has their mindset going into the state. So DC is a very, very good team. I mean, they've shown you that Jaleel Brown is you're going to get a heavy dose of him whenever you play. He went for 213 on the ground here, two touchdowns, an underrated stat line. He also turned around and got 10 tackles on defense. You don't see many running backs doing that. Gabriel Grubbs had 15 total tackles, 10 solo, three tackles for loss, along with Jackson Berry's just crazy 21 tackle, two TFL performance. So, you know, D.C., has dogs as always and it'll be very very interesting to see their matchup with second baptist in the finals ryan i haven't turned to you yet i mean dc edges southwest here in a game that i think was closer than some people thought your thoughts on dc getting the win here uh yeah you know i i i definitely had faith uh in this scs team to do well i did pick dc but i had faith in the scs team to do to do well um you know I, I don't know as much as Walker on this, so I'll keep it short, but I, I just think I think there's a lot there's a lot of good players on the SCS team and it kind of went under the radar, especially when people thought, you know, that Grapevine was has still been really, really good. They thought Grapevine was gonna run district this year with Chase Cross's quarterback and all that kind of stuff. And SCS beat every single one of those teams in our district this year. So there's nothing else to say about that. If they were going to put up a battle, this was the year to do it, and they did. And it was, like Walker said, a lot closer this year than it was last year. Yeah, SES has been the first team in the North to really challenge D.C. in Division Two. Like, Fourth Christian had a shot, but they just weren't close in the end. DC's oh. SES is the first school that really challenged D.C. in Division Two. I mean, yes, you had regions last year, but, like, you get what I mean, like, yeah, just the northern the northern side. Like, there's no, there really is no one in that northern side nowadays that could probably put up that same battle. Battle. Yeah, man. I mean, between Southwest and Grace, those are the only two teams that really yeah, gave no, DC. Re- really, Grace was a really hard matchup right there. I'm gonna slide Grace into any opportunity I can. I'm I'm very sad, but I mean DC. DC good team we will see them in the state championship the last game that we have to go over from last week is Lubbock Christian versus Trinity Christian Lubbock (sighs) another game I was wrong on Lubbock Trinity wins this one 21 to 6 when a game that Walker got right I said I would blame Ryan if that he got this wrong because I followed him because of his knowledge of the Lubbock schools and I was led astray, but that is, that is beside the point. Lubbock I mean, schools. <laughs> I'm, I, it's, you said that last time and I don't know anything about the Lubbock schools. You, I just got a hat. That's you are, you are now officially the resident okay. Lubbock expert on okay. the podcast. The, re, the regional uh, uh, private school podcast. We have regional manager out in Lubbock. That's what I am. You have been deemed that and it now cannot be taken away from you. <laughs> But, I mean, a huge storyline here is this is the first time ever that Lubbock Trinity has beat Lubbock Christian. So that's a big reason why 
I sided with Lubbock Christian here because they had never lost to Trinity before, but they did that week. So for the first time ever, they defeat Lubbock Christian and they advance to the D3 state championship. Three Marcus Ramon Edwards touchdowns propel Trinity to the top of the Lubbock pecking order. So obviously this is a gigantic win for Lubbock Trinity beating Lubbock Christian for the first time ever and moving on to the state championship. That's, that's a combination that, uh, that you don't see most days, Ryan, since you are the resident Lubbock expert, I'm going to turn to you first, your thoughts on Lubbock Christian, not being able to get it done and Trinity Christian moving on to the state championship. See, this is the reason why, you know, I'm not uh, a, what's called Lubbock expert guys. I, I didn't even know that Trinity Christian is never Lubbock has never beat Lubbock Christian ever. Never once, ever. Mm. That's crazy. Uh, well, I will check my sources to make sure. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, honestly, that's I, that's a crazy that's a crazy stat. I had Love It Christian. Love It Christian has shown me that they beat this team the first time uh, they played each other, and, and it was a it was a good win. It was a really good win the first time. Both of y'all picked Love It Trinity Christian Lubbock, um, and West kind of flipped the table this time. Walker <laughs> stuck with his Trinity Christian Lubbock dogs, um, but yeah. So West. You've taken both sides of the L on Trinity Christian Lubbock. I That's, forgot about that. Yeah. So, but Lubbock Christian, they have some dudes. Um, and honestly, it will be interesting to see how Trinity Christian Lubbock goes up against uh, Cyprus now after beating some pretty big powerhouse teams, especially Lubbock Christian, who beat some other big powerhouse teams. Like Trinity Christian Lubbock is almost just like beat all the powerhouses that Lubbock Christian, all of them have beat like with covenant and Pantigo and grace prep, like everything has just come out of that side. And now Trinity Christian Lubbock is the victor. So we'll see what they can, what fight they can put up against Cypress. KCBD 11 out of Lubbock says for the first time ever, Trinity Christian football beat Lubbock Christian. So that was my source. If I'm go. wrong, it's them, not me. But yeah, that, that's just right. insane. Them being able to get that first one ever to move on to state. That is, you can't write a better right. storyline. Walker, I mean, your thoughts on on this, and I know you're going to be a little more happy with it than me and Ryan were. But that's, I told y'all my gut feeling that the tides were going to change, and somehow my 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 gut feeling was right. You know, hold on, hold on, hold on. The gut feeling, like the the mortal lock that you had as well. That that, that what which one was the mortal lock, by the way? I don't know. Was it my mortal lock? You had no, a not, mortal lock. I don't. You remember had a mortal lock. I'm pretty sure you lost that though. So you had intuition on one, but then a mortal lock was wrong on another. Uh, oh, it I was it, gonna. I think it was Central Catholic over Midland. Yeah. So. <laughs> Eesh. whatever it doesn't matter that's not <laughs> you're trying to ruin my happiness right now no i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i to I, be I, fair to be fair his original <laughs> mortal lock was versus lynch and i told him i told him that was weak and it was something else <sighs> yes sorry it's cool you know we're students too and i'm yeah yeah anyways not the point yes turning christian lubbock i knew it i felt it and i knew this team was gonna win it so shout out to this Marcus Ramon Edwards is a dog. And I said this last time and, you know, I was like, they need him to perform to like, even have like have success. And that's what he did this past week. Um, he's a stud, man. I, I, I have all like, I, I have all praise for this guy. And I think he's one of the best players in division three for sure. And, you know, like he, like he did three touchdowns on the night, put him out, put, let him win the game. 
they're a great team. So shout out to them. You know, it's not a one man show. So uh, Marcus Ramon Edwards went off, but it's not a one man show. We, you know, we mentioned another guy uh, earlier. Isaiah had a great game as well. So Lubbock Christian was the favorite to win it. They overcame that won it. proud of those dudes up there in Lubbock. Um, You know, uh, one of my guys is sending me a hat. I would have worn it on this episode to represent, but uh, wasn't couldn't ship it down in time. But hey, TCS Lubbock, come say hell, uh, hello to me at the state game. Shout out to y'all, man. Uh, great performance for y'all. Very, very talented team and a team that I should have taken, but it's hindsight's 2020 oh, and I can't do that now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, okay. You're, you, I forget. A you're team the I should have taken. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I trusted Ryan. I, I don't. All right. All right, let's keep I'm going. not throwing you under the bus, even though I am a little bit. I did say, I did say, in all fairness, if I lost this pick, it was your fault, and you, you, you somewhat agreed to that. Guess so. <laughs> but right. that, that, that is all the games that we had to cover for the past week. Really quickly, before we get into our four state championship game preview, we want to announce we actually will be having a live show at the state championships at Waco Midway Friday and Saturday. We're going to be doing pregame streams. It's something that we have put in an ungodly amount of work for. We were on a Zoom call for like three hours last night, just working out logistics. We've called, there have been calls to taps. There have been calls to everyone. We're making banners. I mean, we are going all out for this. And people, no one ever has done this just specifically for a private school standpoint. So it's something we're all very proud of and very excited to do. So please, please let us know if you're interested and you want to help at all. We will be at Waco Midway Friday and Saturday for D1 through D4 State. We're covering all of it. It's something we're very, very excited for. So, Walker, you first. Is there anything you want to mention about the live stream or what we're doing Friday and Saturday? Yes. If any guests want to come on, like coaches, you know, administration from any schools, let me know. Hit me up. Uh, It's going to be a big thing. We're going to have a live stream between, I believe, before every single game. Uh, I think that's somewhat of our plan. We might have some post-game shows as well, kind of talk about the games. Uh, We'll promote it, do all of that. If y'all want to help out with funding or anything like that, please hit us up. That would be big time. I think it's something, you know, we're college kids. We're still trying to do this on our own dollar. But uh, appreciate what anyone would love to, you know, help out of that. But, yeah, I will be there Thursday for the six-man games. We want to shout out to them as well, but also – all three of us will be there Friday and Saturday for the other uh, division forward through division one. So yeah, come say hi. Uh, you'll see our giant banner, hopefully somewhere and you'll come say what's up. We want to meet everyone. We want to build this community uh, that is so special to all of us of how much in private school throughout our lives have impacted us. We want to build this community to where you actually know each other, know the other schools and not just be like a school out West and not know anything about each other. So yeah, uh, we're excited for this. Come say hello. If you want to sponsor, come do that. Uh, Just hit us up. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, we're very huge on community. We want to, you know, build as many connections as possible. So please, if you see us out there, what just wandering around lost at Wake Up Midway, come say hi, introduce yourself. We'd love to have some people on stream. Ryan, is there anything you want to say about our plans for the live stream this weekend? I, I just think it's going to be so much fun. I'm obviously making a, a five hour drive. I looked it up yesterday. I cut off an hour because I'm going straight through Fort Worth, but I'm driving down. The plan is almost, 3 4 a.m. on on th- uh, Friday morning, 3 4 a.m. And I'm going to go straight to Waco and we're getting uh, a Airbnb and all that kind of stuff. So that should be a ton of fun. But I mean, 
like we said, y'all, it's going to be such a great time. Uh, definitely, you know, going to be a time where all three of us can be together again. We've actually only all three three been together once in person, and it was last year for the um, the basketball state championships. So it's going to be cool having all of us um, hanging out again. Um, and you're going to see all three of our faces in the same video shot, which is going to be kind of interesting again. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Everyone, if you see us there, if you recognize us, whatever, it's going to be cool. I would love to talk to as many people as possible. Um, and I'd love to hear, you know, what schools people are from, what sports people played. If you're an alumni, tell me what school you went to, like all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't hesitate at all. We're all nice people. We will, we'll talk to you. Um, and then, yeah. And then funding wise, like, like we said, college kids, you know, we're trying to, trying to make our way down there a little bit. Um, and it, it'll be, it'll be definitely nice if, if you wanted to share your brand or you wanted to share your company, uh, and you wanted to sponsor us a little bit, we would love to do that on the podcast. We're looking for that. So just let us know, hit us up any of our Twitters, any, anything, our email, any of that stuff will be everywhere. So feel free. No, without a doubt. I just, before we get off it, I want to say I am so incredibly excited for this. We have put so much work into it. It is going to be so, so dope. I am so excited. But we can't give too much away because we still have a lot to put in the plans for. But we, before this ends, we are going into our five state championship previews, starting with Division One, Parrish versus Midland. Parrish was assumed to fill this spot even before the season began. Midland is a different story. After losing to All Saints on October 22nd, the Mustangs have rattled off four straight wins against Prestonwood, Lynch, Nolan, and Central. I owe the Mustangs a sincere apology. I picked against them three of those games, and I have been proven flat wrong. The rapid success Midland Christian has made in Division I since joining in 2018 is nothing short of remarkable. Making the semis last year and now the state championship, just an incredible performance by that program. Flipping to the other side, Parrish is no Cinderella story. The Panthers are perennially in the state championship and are expected to win it more years than not. The late season explosion of Andrew Paul, who is receiving power five offers just out the wazoo, has propelled Parrish basically into an efficient semi-truck, blasting through every object in its path. Midland has proved it belongs in this game. That is no longer a debatable question. Can they stifle the run game of Parrish with Paul behind that top-tier offensive line? The first matchup was close. It was 28-14 to 14 in favor of Parrish, seeing Paul rush for 200 yards and three touchdowns. That number must be lower if the Mustangs want to take home a title. However, and I said this last week that it pains me to do, and, you know, I guess every time I do this, Midland somehow wins. Maybe it's good luck for them. I have to side with Parrish. I mean, Midland has proven themselves to be a great team. Parrish is a step above every single other team this year. Andrew Paul in that running game has proven to be ridiculously efficient, powerful, and dynamic plus Sawyer Anderson is also proving himself as one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the state I mean I have to pick the Panthers in the situation just because of how talented they are but I think Midland this I don't think in any way this will be a blowout I think this will be a 
fight to the very end. I think Midland is coming with that scrapyard dog mindset, and I think they will be in this game late into the fourth quarter. However, give me Parrish in this one. Walker, your thoughts on the Division One state championship? Yeah, Midland has bec- overcome a lot. You know, they've we've we've I've doubted him them, so you know. They've overcame that and just kind of been on the path to the success of the past couple of weeks. I'm just beating everyone and showing how good of a team they are. Um, but yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. I just, I think this parish team is too much. That running game behind that great offensive line and Andrew Paul is just, it's, it's disgusting. It, it, it's a, it's a nightmare for any defensive coordinator facing them. And then if you want to put, you know, six seven in the box and then you have to go face against uh you know all those guys like Blake Youngblood and all the other receivers they have that's I don't know how you do that so um I'm gonna give go Parrish in this one I just think this team is too elite and taps division one Ryan I feel like I have a pretty good idea of who you're gonna pick but are you gonna surprise me here uh I mean, like I keep saying, you know, Paris is that team. Uh, not saying that Midland's not not a great team either. Beating teams like Prestwood, Lynch, Nolan, like I said, was a huge win, which is why I picked them over Central Catholic. Now, it's a little bit different this time, though. Paris is Paris. Paris is the best team in all of private school. You could argue that they're better than even, like, a team like Jesuit and stuff like that when it comes to, like, you know, public school-wise. They literally could be the best private school team in the state of Texas. SBC, you know, TAPS, they are really that good of a team. And and it shows through how they play. When it comes to their defensive guys, Daniel Demiri, Keegan Addison, uh, Cooper Mayland, and Trey Williams are all putting up over 100, uh, 100 tackles this year. Um, and, and all of them basically have a 50 solo or 40 solo tackles like literally each one of them is doing their own own work but when it comes to the receiver wise they got they got their boy they got Blake Youngblood they have Andrew Paul who's catching balls they have um you know this guy right here Cedric Mays I mean every single one of them is a threat and obviously like we said Andrew Paul can you know catch the ball but where he hits you the most is on the ground Andrew Paul is going to run through this team and I I, I I like you said you have to stop the run they only gave up 200 yards to him last time but you have to have you have to a guy that just put up 440 last week you have to now put him under 100 I don't know how that works so I I think I think Parrish wins this game and I and I think it might be like by like 10 to 15 as well we will see I feel so bad I mean just picking against Midland this long, but I do think, I think the buck stops with Parrish. Parrish is an incredible football team and it'll be very, very interesting to see, but I do, like I said, think it will be close late into the fourth, but that wraps up the division one preview. Now we turn to the division two state championship preview Dallas Christian versus Houston second Baptist. DC looked to have one of their best teams ever through week three, but after a 20 point loss to TCA, We question the validity of this team. Since then, they have swept the rest of their D2 state or slate in dominant fashion. Behind the emergence of ground game aficionado Jaleel Brown and defensive three-headed monster of Jackson Berry, Max Makeda, and Gabriel Grubbs, the Chargers have plowed their way to the state title game without many rocks in their way. However, they will meet a brick in the form of Houston Second Baptist this Saturday. 
After losing out on the district title for the first time in nine years, the Eagles came back and got their revenge on Regents in the quarterfinals and got the last laugh on Fort Bend in the semis. Coach Pirtle and Second Baptist staff has shown masterful ability to implement a dynamic scheme to fit any team they are playing, and they have some pretty good players to execute that scheme. Eli Smith, the Villanova commit, Everett Skiller, the Brown commit, and Turner Murdoch have led Second Baptist to their first state title game since 1999. Will Second Baptist be able to plug in another perfect scheme to beat Dallas Christian? Yes, I think they will. I I am really, really enamored with the Second Baptist staff's ability to call plays in this game and to implement schemes that give their players the best position to win. I, I honestly went back and forth in my head debating my pick as I was reading the script. You know, DC is a dadgum good team, as they always are. So is Second Baptist. And I, I know that I'm kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't, because both of these fan bases will get after me for picking against them. But I, I just, I have to take Second Baptist here. Um, I was wrong last week. I don't want to be again. I think that they are incredibly talented, but I think this game goes down to the wire. Like I said, Midland Parish. I really do think this is going to be an incredible matchup. One of the best games we've seen in a long, long time. Walker, your thoughts on DC Second Baptist? Yeah. Uh, you know, both great schools, great teams have overcome a lot to get to where they're at today. So, you know, it's no, it's no small order to get to the state championship either side. Um, I, I've loved what Second Baptist has done. I knew before the season they had a shot to do what they're doing now, and they've gotten there. I, I know they have great players, great dudes, and they've been great to me. Um, they're a great school. Great program. I have a lot of younger guys that I'm very impressed with the on, in the ranks. Um, but after seeing DC this past week, one of some of some of the people over there are like, "Hey, I saw you picked against us," and I was like, "Yeah, I did." He's like, "Maybe after this game, you won't pick against us in, anymore." And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm picking DC in this one. They're they're so like they're just a physical team. And I just think that's going to overmatch Second Baptist being real. I think this team is physical. They play tough. They play, you know, fast. They're they they like they're gritty. They run the ball really well. And I'm impressed with the freshman quarterback over there as well. I think he I think he's play he plays with a little bit of a moxie. I really like. I think I like Makeda, Makata, whatever how you say it. Uh, I like Jackson Berry. I think he's a really, really good linebacker where we talked about earlier, not even before the season, how good this kid is. I, I love this team overall. They're a good team. They're a good program. A lot of the younger guys are going to have to step up. And a lot of the guys who play a lot of both ways are going to have to step up as well because that's going to be a tall, tall task to handle with uh, Second Baptist. But I am, I am not picking against D.C. anymore. So give me Dallas Christian in this one. That is fair. I think this is the second time I've picked against DC ever on this program. So last week it didn't pay off and it was a gamble. We'll see if the gamble pays off this week. Ryan, you got a split podcast. Which, which side are you taking? You know, I, I, after what was a horrific last week of my pick, you know, I, I want to go second Baptist here, but I, I can't, I can't go second Baptist. I have to go Dallas Christian. 
And the reason why I have to go Dallas Christian is just because of the fact that the teams that Second Baptist have played in these past two games is not the same team as Dallas Christian. They're playing teams like Regents, like Second ba- or like Fort Bend Christian, who are both passing offenses with absolutely great quarterbacks at the hand. Fort Bend Christian, obviously, we know Brady Dever is that quarterback, in, and he is their go-to guy in that aspect. When it comes to Regents, Regents is a mostly passing offense as well. So when you look over to Dallas Christian team and they've been playing this style of ball where obviously when you, when you throw incomplete passes, I mean, and this is just basic knowledge. You throw incomplete passes, you know, the, the, and, and, and it kind of, and, and you're kind of basically going off of incomplete passes when the other team is just running the clock down, it's going to hurt the team that's passing more than the team that's running. So in my opinion, when you come up against a team that's no, no, nothing like what you just played, and it's a totally different offense. I mean, if you read the stats from this last game, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Dallas Christian against Southwest Christian, they only threw the ball 13 times, only completed seven passes. I, I think it's important to note that this team will not pass the ball. The ball will go in Jaleel Brown's hands the entire game. And I, if you can stop that rush, if you can stop Julio Brown and you can, you can, you know, basically pack that box, I don't think they'll pass as much. They're not, they're not as much of a threat as parishes when you, they can just throw the ball too. at least in my opinion, I think Julio Brown will go off in this game like he keeps doing. And the question is, can Houston second Baptist stop that? This game will be the closest game out of all four games, in my opinion. That's what I have it down to. However, I have Dallas Christian just because the clock management thing won't be the same against a rushing offense rather than two passing offenses that they've just played. I just say I'm so daggum excited for this game. These are we have four great games ahead of us. This is going to be the nightcap of the primetime Saturday slate. And good Lord, I am excited for it. I cannot wait. I can already feel the electricity building. I can't think of a better state game in the last few years than this. I'm so, so excited for this. But as we said, this game should go down to the wire. I mean, we, we have one guy on one side and two guys on the other. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how that game turns out. But now we move on to the Division Three state championship, Cypress Christian versus Trinity Christian Lubbock. Chris Hogan's Warriors enter the championship game 11-2, with those two losses being to SBC state champion John Cooper and D2 state contender Second Baptist. You know, they're a well-tenured team. The only close game since then has been a 41-36 victory over Brazos Christian, a very good team in their own right. Max Landrum and Cody Andrews are going to have to get this offense started early in order to take home that trophy. However, Trinity Christian Lubbock stands in their way. After upsetting Grace Prep and Lubbock Christian in the quarters and the semifinals, they find themselves with the opportunity of a lifetime staring them in the face. Workhorse running back Marcus Ramon Edwards will try to power newcomer Trinity past the established Cypress Christian in the state matchup but I'm going to have to pick Cypress Christian. You know, it's really, really hard for me to do this considering Trinity Christian Lubbock knocked out our favorites, Grace Prep in the first round and then Lubbock Christian in the second round. So they're peaking at the absolute right time. I mean, their stock is rising at the right moment. I just, I've seen the Cypress Christian team play in person under Chris Hogan. I like it too much. I think they are built for this moment. And I think 
they are the team you're going to have to knock out of there. I think Trinity kind of feels like the newcomer in this situation, and Cypress Christian is going to have to be moved out of that spot. For that reason, I like Cypress Christian in this game. Walker, Cypress Christian, Trinity Christian Lubbock, Division Three State. Your thoughts? Good game. This is a good game. Um, I, I I really like, you know, Coach Hogan has literally flipped that program around going back-to-back state championships um, or, yeah, state championship games. Um, it's, it's an intriguing – it's intriguing because I, I really like both teams. You know, they had to overcome a lot. TCS Lubbock, you know, Cypress had to dominate like they have been all time. But – my gut feeling worked for me last week, and my gut feeling I think is going to work for me this week. Give me TCS Lubbock in this one. I, I I trust this team a little bit. I like this team. They had to overcome a lot of a lot of great teams the past couple of weeks. And Cyprus, yes, granted, there's good talent down there in Division Three in Houston and San Antonio, but it's been a pretty easier track for them to get to state than TCS Lubbock. TCS Lubbock had to go through the gauntlet that is that district and then play uh, over a lot of big teams to get to the, where they're at. So maybe they're just more battle-tested, and I think that's why they're going to win this one. They're going to be ready to go. They've played the team, so give me TCS Lubbock in this one. Seems like you trust this team more than a little bit. It seems like it's more of a, a lot of bit. Uh, maybe. Maybe you're right, man. We'll see. Ryan, Cypress Christian, Trinity Christian Lubbock, Division Three State, your thoughts on the state champion? You know, I I do think when it comes down to it, you're definitely going to have to see Cyprus um, winning this game. That's not because I'm, you know, salty about the fact that Trinity Christian Lubbock uh, beat Lubbock Christian. Don't get that wrong. If anything, I would have chosen them. But I just think Cyprus is a really good team. This podcast last year started on the fact of how big of a fan I was of Chris Hogan. I literally said it last year all the way down to the state championship game. When we did our first few episodes, you can run it all the way back to December of last year or November of last year. And you'll hear me say the exact same words I'm saying right now. Trust in Chris Hogan. I think I have Cypress again this year. Um, Literally the two losses that they've had is to John Cooper, who I saw in person, very good team. And uh, Houston Second Baptist, who we know are, you know, as a great team. I get it. They beat all the good Northern schools, the the Pantigo. They beat the Grace Prep. They didn't beat those teams, but the teams that have like come out of that area, they were on top of all that. They were on top of Covenant. They were on top of everything coming out of that section, right? I don't think that's enough. I don't think just because you've beaten teams or teams before you have beaten teams makes you better than every team that has played before you. Teams can have bad games. I don't think Cypress Christian has bad games. Give me Chris Hogan and the Cypress Christian. That's another, I mean, I, I know I'm just, it's cliches just everywhere. And it's also state. So they're all going to be good games. There are so many good matchups that I'm excited to watch this being one of them, but that'll be a very, very interesting fight for the division three state championship. Finally, and last, but certainly not least, we move into the division four state title game, which will feature Shiner St. Paul versus Moonster sacred heart. You know, this is business as usual for Zach Johnson and St. Paul, 
The Cardinals will go for their fourth straight Taps D4 title Friday, and they have not faced much opposition en route to it. Their toughest test in D4 was the 22-20 victory against Brazos Christian that I covered in Giddings. Other than that, it's been smooth sailing. The question is, will those calm seas continue whenever Sacred Heart rolls into Waco Midway? The Tigers have also rolled through their Division Four opponents, and their playoff matchups have not been closely contested. In terms of this game, give me the four, Pete, for Shiner St. Paul. I really do think they established the run early with Johnson and Bodeker, and they control the clock well enough to come away with a W. That was their game plan against Brazos Christian, and I really do think that this works against Sacred Heart. Give me Johnson, give me Bodeker, give me St. Paul, give me the W. Walker, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go right there with you. I think I'm <clears throat> I think Shiner St. Paul is going to win this game. I think this team has been too dominant for too long to bet against them. They just, they know how to win. They do it every time. And, and it's just a dominant, dominant program over there for Jake Waxmith. Um, how, how can you go against this team? Really? I mean, they're such a good program and Johnson and Bodeker are just too talented to go against. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, sacred heart does. Cause we don't know much about them, but uh, it's they're it's going to go, what is it, seven or eight for Waxsmith if he wins this? Is this a dominant, dominant team down there in Shiner? No, I mean, it's it's a crazy, crazy performance that program has put up the last several years. Ryan, we're 2-0 on this game. How are you going to send it off? We're going to send off the year with a 3-0 pick. And I'm going to go Shiner St. Paul. I mean, it honestly just looks like, and I, I looked this up just to make sure Zach Johnson wasn't a transfer. Nope. Zach Johnson has been with the Shiner St. Paul back to when he was in middle school in 2016. He has been with this private school forever. And ever since high school in 2018, he has been with them for every single year, which means that he's played every single down of his high school football with Shiner St. Paul. You cannot tell me right now, you cannot tell me that the guy who's been in this program forever doesn't want to win a fourth state championship. Literally, his entire high school career will consist of him just having four state championships under his belt. He would have won every single year he went. He's not going to let that happen his senior year. He's not going to walk away his senior year with an, with uh, like, he's not going to come home without another trophy. I got China St. Paul and it's because of the heart and grit that Zach Johnson's going to bring to this team. Oh, that, I can't, I can't imagine having a state championship for every year here in high school. That, that is just an incredible, incredible possibility that Zach Johnson and St. Paul enter into Friday with, but with the conclusion of that, that is actually all the information we have to cover this episode. Yet again, be on the lookout for us at the state championships in Waco Friday and Saturday. We will be having the live show. We want to interact with as many people as possible. If you want to come on, please shoot one of us a direct message. We'll be happy to get back to you. We want to have as many people on as possible. But go ahead. Uh just so people know, the live stream will be on this this YouTube channel. It will be on this YouTube channel. You should be able to find it if you just click on like the YouTube channel, and then there should be like a live stream going on. Uh, and we'll put out more information online about it. But 
share it with your friends, share it with family, share it with family that can't make it to the state championship game so that they can learn a little bit about us. We're working, we're, we're not working, uh, you know, kind of like directly with taps, but if you want to watch our pregame show, and then you could turn on their live stream after to watch the actual game. So that way you get a little bit of both. And that way you have family that gets to learn a little bit about the game and then they can watch it as well. And if you're just a regular private school football fan at home and you want to watch everything, it's, we're going to have a lot of pregame shows and maybe a couple of postgame shows. So it might be cool to tune into that. I think the best way to describe it, it's like college game day, but better. So yeah. with yeah, that I'm, being <laughs> Reese Davis, Kirk Herbstreet, and uh, uh, I'm uh, the, uh, what's um, no, 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 I'm Lee Corso. I'm, <laughs> yeah, Lee, Corso. I'm Lee Corso. Get you away. <laughs> I, I love it. But. With that being said, I, I, if you can tell, we're all obviously incredibly excited for this live show. So much work has gone into it. I'm a broken record. I've said that a million times. This has been the state championship episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. I have been one third of your hosting crew. Ryan Schroeder and Walker Lott have fantastically been themselves. As always, we will see you at the state championships on Friday. See you later.